Hi, I'm Ken Napsock for the Napsock Files, and this is uh, another kind of different broadcast here for what's going on in these times. Oh, these times is such a such a such a simple from a distance phrase to describe what is going on. A lot of unrest, uh, pain, suffering, and above all, above all, let's not forget calls change all around the world but all of it right now focused on uh, the states america here where i am not just los angeles but america uh following the murder of george floyd on monday night now which seems uh, surreal um and since then all this has been um you know it, it it's it's i'll say not surprising unavoidable um purposeful, like all those words. Again, I don't write a script for these episodes. I'm just speaking from the heart. I do have some notes for this episode because I don't want to get too rambling. But this has just been like clockwork, and that's probably part of the problem, right? Uh, we talk often over in the Game of Thrones world, the wheel, right? The wheel keeps spinning, and, and, and you want to break the wheel. It is part of the problem then when something happens and you can on Monday, Tuesday, predict what Wednesday will be, predict what Friday will be, and predict some of um, the bigger fires, in some cases literally, that will come in the days after, right? It shouldn't be right. That, that this, this should seem abnormal in a way, if that makes sense, right? Meaning this has been before. And unless we do something, we'll be again. That's where I think a lot of people... Are coming from. So we're here to address a little bit more today. I, I did an episode uh, late Friday night, early Saturday that was uh, more focused on, on, on listening and, and put a pin in that. I want to come back to that. Uh, we did one yesterday that was just um, amplifying two speeches, two, two audio clips that were going around, the, the, the Killer Mike clip and the uh, mayor of Atlanta uh, clip that I was particularly, and, and many people, they, they were viral for a reason, but I was I moved, uh, moved by them and I wanted to remove a lot of the noise, the cacophony of noise on social media and just kind of bring them to you directly if you if you choose to listen. Uh, listening is, is a big part of what uh, is still going on and needs to go on by um, me and, and, and that's what we plan to do and I'll address that in a second here. But I did want to talk about donations and what you can do to help. You see this a lot, whether it's uh, times of... Um, civil unrest and injustice or natural disasters, right? Tragedies of that nature and, and versus uh, and, and in conjunction with the tragedies of, of the stuff going on this week. So you see on, on social media, here's where you can donate. Here's where you can donate. And I, I feel sometimes, and I am, I am one of those people, I'll, I'll donate when I can. I'll share a GoFundMe of someone I know. I support a lot of those. We got the charity spotlight page on the Napsuck uh, Files Ken Napsuck uh, website. All those kind of great things. But sometimes when it's just this tidal wave of tweet, 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 Instagram posts, Facebook posts, and links, and donate here, I think sometimes you can tend to pull back and be like, I don't know. The cynical nature steps in. Even if you're just uh, donating what you can. Well, my 20 bucks, um, I don't know. They'll take it and they'll, uh, even a Red Cross will take 18 for their stationery and two only goes to the charity itself. And, and all those things should be considered and our concerns. I, I have those concerns too. Um, also, you might, I don't know, maybe there's a party that 
see something, you're like, I'd like, love to donate, but maybe some of the things they do, I, I don't, it doesn't line up perfectly with me. All right, maybe that's fine too. Uh, I'm here just to encourage you to find, if you so choose, find a place, find a location that best just fits where you are at and what you want to do. Every little bit, bit helps. Uh, all those kind of things. So I, I did go to uh, the Discord server and get a couple of options from some uh, listeners out there. Uh, Trey, uh, one of our listeners, uh, donated and recommended uh, going directly to the American Civil Liberties Union, the ACLU. Uh, so we're putting that up there for you as well. You can go directly. Again, it, sometimes it... Uh, um, Sometimes it feels good, I think, maybe to go directly to a website versus some kind of link that, that, that goes out there. So uh, that is an option as well. You can go right to the ACLU at ACLU.org. They have a lot of uh, donation options up there for a lot of things. Um, so that might be uh, something you want to go to directly. Uh, Will uh, nominated something locally for him, the Atlanta Solidarity Fund. Uh, this is their headline is when act activists face repression, we stand with them and uh, they provide financial support for those arrested at protests and uh, otherwise prosecuted for their uh, movement involvement. They are at atlsolidarity.org. They have a con contribution button right there on the front of the page and uh, we'll put that one up there. So we're honoring that. And uh, if you want to look at that, go check out that one as well. There's also... Uh, the Black Lives Matter website, blacklivesmatter.com. You can go directly to them, read more about them. Um, I, 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 the, the, sometimes the reaction to that phrase, Black Lives Matter, really frustrates me because I'm like this common sense based person. I'm a case by case per based person. And, I, and, and sometimes, you know, I don't even want to say I get it. I just understand where it comes from, and that's probably why it frustrates me. If you if you hear that term "Black Lives Matter" and your response is "All Lives Matter," I guess what they think so too. But this is a highlighted issue to me. The term "Black Lives Matter" is 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 more of a call for action and a specific call for a a conversation and change that 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 is wanted in in this specific area. Um, in this era of, you know, even in, in the pop culture stuff we like, either you like Star Wars or you hate it. Either you like DC or you hate it. Uh, we, we always want to choose. And so I always, I just, I, I bristle at the, the gut reaction uh, and, and the misinterpretation uh, of, of hearing Black Lives Matter. Now, uh, and then, uh, you know, let me say this again, I, I say these things very carefully, but then, then sometimes I get upset if like, Maybe someone under the banner of Black Lives Matter does something that you don't agree with or does something that is uh, equally as offensive to you as some of the actions they're, they're promoting or they're, or they're protesting. And, and then that might cause you to throw the, the whole movement out. That, that's a problem, too, because we all, we all use that selectively, don't we? We all use that really selectively. Well, I'm, I'm this. That's a bad example of what I am. We all could cherry pick that. We all could go through and find those kind of things. So in this in this point of view, this time, if if um, you know, we support the we support the phrase, the hashtag, the movement of Black Lives Matter for what they're trying to put out there. You know, 
call for change. So if you'd like to support directly to them, uh, you can go there as well. Uh, another suggested one was the NAACP and uh, go to NAACPLDF.org and you can show, choose to donate directly there. There's a lot of choices. There's a lot of things out there. Today, as of today, and this is not necessarily where I am stopping, but this is where I found myself today. I directly, uh, directly donated to the GoFundMe for George Floyd at GoFundMe.com slash F slash George Floyd, created four days ago by his uh, brother and the estate of George Floyd. I found myself going to this one uh, just as it it was more direct for me right now. And that's where I found, again, it's probably not where my donation journey stops, but this is where I found myself going today. Um and that's where I went. So that's where I'm letting you know. Um, if uh, and putting that out there, uh, if anyone wants to go that direction. But also, again, I, I'm sharing maybe with you how my mind works on this. That's all I'm doing here. Of just like, you know, again, this tidal wave of stuff comes at you, and we can all turtle shell really easy. Uh, someone else figure it out. Let me know. So this is uh, I'm I'm taking you through my. Um, thought process. Uh, this is to go for funeral expenses, uh, burial, uh, probably I'm sure uh, uh, legal uh, f- um, uh, fees and, and, and more importantly for his uh, family um, and children going forward. And I like, I like that. I, my heart aligns with that. Right. Um, so um, that is, um, sorry, I'm reading some of the stuff from the GoFundMe. A portion of these funds will also go to the estate of George Floyd for the benefit and care of his children and their educational fund. So that's where I'm going right now. You may have some other options and feel free, particularly, particularly if you are in, um, uh, my discord server, um, my, the charity spotlight page is open. It's open also, you know, I have it on the, um, KenAppsock.com webpage. We're always adding it. Uh, we just added support uh, Maddie's Pride Project for the uh, support of the Trevor uh, Project. Um, that's there as well. That was just recently added. Um, new Teacher of the Year was just added. Uh, stuff uh, I'm, I'm promoting, supporting through Vegas 3D Kids. That stuff's on there too. Um, I'll probably add some of these um, later in the week. Uh, um, like later today, later in the week is what I mean. Um so yeah, so uh, I'm coming to you with that too as well. Um, that's that's on my mind. It's on a lot of people's mind. Like the feeling of helplessness. You might be watching from a very safe place, and and I don't feel going out to protests is for everyone and should be for everyone. Um, meaning, I su- I support the the right to protest a hundred percent. It's just, it's an uncontrolled environment that teeters and totters and collapses really quick. And that might not be for you. So this might be, um, this might be for you now. So um, that's uh, the donations. I wanted to highlight that first. I wanted to come back to, uh, even (laughs) the irony is here I am talking to a microphone. Uh, I want to come back to what I talked about uh, earlier in the weekend and what is said a lot because it's correct. Um, but listening, right? Listening. And a lot of us are in the position where we should be listening this week. And a lot of you are in a position where you should be talking this week. And 
Um, I'm in the category of listening for a lot of reasons, not just um, gender, orientation, uh, skin color, any of those kind of um, qualifier, qualifiers. Um, I am also just, um, I'm in that position where I just, uh, listening is my role in this. Um, but I, I want to reiterate, in case you missed it, I just, because I, I am, I'm not in a great spot right now that may qualify that by saying not well was me, just this affects me too. It's uh, I keep going back to Obi Wan Kenobi, hearing a thousand, you know, a thousand voices on Alderaan being crushed out, and I just you see, I see the, the, the role, the, 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 the that tidal wave of of pain, suffering, anger, 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 fear, suffering, anger, and boom, and I just it weighs upon me. So I I um I have a tendency to to withdraw, but I want to remind myself and a lot of you out there to continue to listen, and and listening might be uncomfortable. And what I mean by that is not facing hard truths necessarily about yourself, but I mentioned the other day, let the angry be angry. Well, they're angry. And I know there's people I know, people I work with are tweeting, tweeting some things that I, even I'm reading and going, well, I, and I start doing that thing. Well, I don't, but, 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 and that's what I'm trying to, to stop in myself and just let that flow out because it needs to it needs to be purged from them and that's the beginning of real communication and uh, uh as i said before and i'll say again listening is not just waiting and probably on no level it's listening waiting for your turn to speak listening uh is the beginning of communication and then your response should be more based it's like an interview right it should be based on that response, on their statements. That's how listening leads to real communication, at least in my world or my point of view and what I'm reminding myself to do. I think this particular episode, as I talk, and even though I have some notes and I ramble through it, please allow my ramblings, which occasionally might talk me into a corner or, or might take me down a path I'll, I'll need to change or correct on the fly. This isn't about me. This is this particular episode is I want to though talk to some of the people out there like me while I feel it's important. And again, when I say like me, that doesn't, it's not necessarily one description or one word or, or one demographic on an advertising sheet. Um, but uh, an aura that I have, right? I attract, I'll just say it, let's just get into this here. Um, I am a very pro-law enforcement person, and I think there's a lot of people listening to me that are. There's some that listen to me that aren't, and they still choose to uh, listen to me um, and support my things. But also, I think, I hope, I hope that they find in me to be someone of reason, someone of, of, of common sense, and someone above all of empathy. What happened Monday is about that lack of empathy. I, I'm remixing and repeating a little bit what I said the other day, but I think I've had some time to think about it. And I do not care how it's broken down. That's the end result. It's a lack of empathy that led to that man's unnecessary death. 
lot of people choosing to use the word murder, and I'm not going to back away from that. It was a murder. What happens with that? And we're going to, if we go to a trial, oh my gosh, brace for impact. This is not done. This is not done. But I don't, I don't want anyone to worry about that. It didn't have to happen because of, uh, if there was empathy in place. So I am speaking specifically, I feel today, I woke up upset. I was upset last night. I was upset. I was upset because I was watching. Now it's in my city and it's not close to me right now because I live in a different spot of the town, but I used to work at third and Fairfax. If you watch a lot of the incidents that were happening, it was Fairfax and Beverly. This was the LA in uh Riots. Uh, I, I, I don't. I, I'm trying not to shoot, choose that word. That's that's another thing too. Talk about my rambles taking me a different way. Have the I guess even decency, but also the smarts to separate protesters and even angry protesters from looters and those who are rioting, those who are using the opportunity for their own gains. Some of the more angry, aggressive protesters might do things that would put into the other category. I don't know if you know about the looting, but some of the more uh, aggressive, violent things, that's okay. It's again going to the thing up top that I'm saying about the Black Lives Matter thing. Don't play that weird game that we all can do. We all want to be like, well, you know, all right, the protesters are there, but duh, look at them. See, look at those protesters looting the Apple store. I think we all know it's not the same, right? And when you're watching the news feeds and you're seeing a lot of the Instagram photos and all those kind of things, and you're seeing all the violent activity, uh, all the aggressive things happening uh, from police, from rioters, everything, it, it starts to spin and spin and spin and uh, then it becomes one general bucket. I, I choose to fight against that, but all of it makes me upset. It makes me upset. I used to be the security director of the farmer's market, third and Fairfax. Um, it extended across third street and across Fairfax, I should say, uh, to additional properties. And, and some of those uh, properties were um, vandalized. Uh, that police car burning was right in front of it. It's front of the writer's guild building on third and Fairfax. And, and there I was just so thankful I did not have that job for many reasons, but I was like, cause I'd be there. I'd be there. That would have been my job to be there. And just so thankful I wasn't there, but I also have that luxury of, of not being there right now. Right. So, but I was watching last night, getting upset, getting upset and seeing a lot of tweets and seeing a lot of posts and I get upset and get upset. I get upset. And then I'm not listening. Then I'm not just letting it go. I'm not letting people have their anger, have their calls for change, and have this moment that's powerful and important. Um, the activity last night was not about getting a Nordstrom back. And I have to know that. I do know that. But I have to remind myself to know that. <laughs> to stay true to that. So it was tough for me. And then it turns you... And that's why I stay off social media because... I have to do it for myself. It's not just a well-being, mental health care. It's just, I, I just need to keep. I need to keep myself focused and have these kind of thoughts and have these kind of dialogues with you. So today, I think I am speaking though to those some of them in law enforcement. I have a lot of 
people, first responders, and police officers, I do have a lot that listen to me. I think they see something in me. They see a connective thread. I was not sworn, but I was a director of public safety. I managed at times up to like 11, 15, I think at one time 19 or 20 active police officers work for me as in an off-duty capacity. Uh, I myself have uh, talked often about the things I've handled, the command centers I've been in, the city leaders I've worked with. My job, public safety, security, on a large-scale retail environment is often made fun of, it's derided, and it's not understood. But it allows me, it put me in some environments, and put me in a ton of situations. I've personally been involved with hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of arrests. Private person's arrests, I've worked with police on arrests, I've been there. This is not about that, but this is, again, the conversation I'm having. So I think because of that, over the years, little conversations or little hints along the way uh, pull a lot of first responder types, fire fire uh, and medical as well, uh, and police officers to me. And I get conversations, I get DMs, and I form friendships with them. Um, and I have many, many friends from my old job and family um, who are working right now. Some last night, I was communicating with them while they were on the lines. Um, I've seen their posts and pictures. So I know that I have a little bit of that audience. And so there was some stuff today that I saw that just, one, I'm going to share. And, and yesterday, again, I think it's important to amplify the voices. Uh, we, we had the Killer Mike speech. We had the mayor of uh, Atlanta. And there's a lot more in that ilk. I, I too, watched that uh, video going around of the, the generational rage, suffering, and feeling of loss. Of, it, was, of, it was the three black men. The older one, I think, was 45, 134, and the 116. that went around, that went around. I watched it. And... Uh, uh, perhaps we'll play it here on the Knapsack Files soon this week or so, uh, something like that, because I, I want you to seek it out. But I know a lot of you saw it, and it was powerful. And what I took from that, I didn't. What I didn't. What I took from that was not the anger, and there was anger, uh, not the frustration, not the pain. I, I took from it the feeling of helplessness, particularly of of, of uh, the gentleman who identified as the thirty four year old in the middle of generations with two kids of his own. Five. There you go. You got you got more generations. Recognizing the wheel turning, recognizing the poetry of this all, and that's bad poetry. It's not the cool Star Wars poetry. And knowing that there needs to be change, there needs to be a better way. It isn't all incumbent on them. It shouldn't be, but it might need to be. And how do we change it? Because this, the older guy is angry. I'm angry. You're 16 and angry. My kids are five and they're soon going to be angry. How do we break that cycle? How do we do that? And, and it was moved by a lot of people were obviously. So uh, I, I want to start right now saying I'm, I'm about to amplify um, a law enforcement clip, but I think those other clips, the one on the previous episodes uh, here in the Knapsack files and those other, other clips out there are more important are more important. I'm being extra cautious here because I just I want I want you to know I'm I'm intentionally trying to speak to those on 
a perceived one side of this situation, and it's more of the law enforcement or pro-law enforcement side. I am tremendously and will continue to be tremendously pro-law enforcement. So because of that, I woke, woke up this morning with some thoughts, and they're not complete thoughts. They're probably uh, awkward thoughts. But figured, what can I do? What can I do? Because this is weighing on me. This week is weighed on me. What can I do? Well, that's part of my audience. And I've been there. And I've been there. And that's the thing I keep going back to. I've been there. I have been involved in some pretty violent arrests. I've been in some um, uncontrolled riot-like situations. If mine were generally over, uh, if you believe it, sneaker sales. <laughs> um, but had four uh, employees, officers of mine, um, seriously hurt in, in one of those situations. And um, I'm always quick to say, again, I wasn't sworn. So I don't know completely, 100%. But the conversations I've had um, give me um, an understanding. The work I've done, the people who I've worked with, including police chiefs of many agencies, fire chiefs of many departments, large-scale training that I've been involved with, and a substation that was active and working out of my office. And again, the officers working directly under me. I understand. Again, that's probably why they connect with me. So because of that, I understand some situations uh, that happen uh, and, and the view of the world from that point of view, beyond that, uh, that badge point of view, whatever you want to call it, I, I understand it because I've been there and there's things that those in those positions will experience that others don't. Um, it's not the time to have that full-on conversation or go down that path, but suffice to say, there are things that happen that people outside of those law enforcement worlds just don't understand because they've never experienced it, right? So from that starting point, though, is where I start to have to really be honest with myself on some of the incidents and the attitudes and how that happens. Every single police officer, friend, or family member I have that, is, uh, that I'm connected with on Facebook, there's other social media spots, but Facebook's the spot, right? where people pour, post their diatribes. Every single one of them, for whatever this is worth, every single one of them has spoken out against what happened to George Floyd. Every single one of them, to, to a man and to a woman, has spoken out against it. Other incidents in the past, that's not been the case. So, again, for whatever that's worth, that's where it is. So that's a great starting point. But now, here at the end of the week, with protests uh, going beyond their stated intention or their believed intention, uh, rioters, people coming in, including Jake Paul, <laughs> asshole, um, to take advantage of it, to stir up, and perhaps even uh, people within law enforcement ranks. I don't know all the facts. I'm not going to accuse anybody. But 
you've seen him. I one of my old one of my old bosses was an undercover. Uh, he did some undercover work in the '60s, and he'd infiltrate the hippies. He's got great stories. They probably make a great Tarantino movie. Yeah, but that stuff's there. Some of it is to quell the violence before uh, it it gets out. And again, that's the stuff the public will never never either understand, fully give them credit for, and that's not important right now. That's not the point of anything I'm saying. But my big point is, from earlier in the week, every police officer I know to a man or woman saying that was wrong, I wouldn't do that. I'd pull the officer off. I'd want my officers to pull me off because some of my, most of my friends actually now are, are commanding officers. From that point, I'm starting to see what I always see set in and what occasionally in the past is set into me. And when I say occasionally, probably more often than I want to admit and probably what still happens to me now is a mentality sets in of us against them. That is true. That is there. It starts because on a base level, hey, man, they, don't, they just don't understand. Uh, I will tell this one story, and I apologize if, if, if people feel I am talking too much, all right? I have mentioned this before, but I'll mention it here again. There was an arrest happening at, uh, I believe it was a J.C. Penney where I used to work at. Now, we don't handle that prior to, uh, 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 against, against popular belief, uh, is what I'm trying to say. Um, mall security, public safety teams don't deal with the basic shop key, uh, shoplifting stuff. That's loss prevention, asset protection teams, and the nature of that has changed over the years. I've seen some really bad things happen to those loss prevention agents because a lot of them are motivated by bonuses or motivated by companies that say you'll lose your job if, if you don't protect that polo shirt that's stolen. There is giant organized retail crime. I've had those conversations. We'll have those another day. Big business. It's a big business. and It affects you in the prices you pay. That's why some of that stuff's there. But this loss prevention team calls us. Uh, there was a middle-aged uh, Latina woman who had a suitcase worth of items that she'd stolen. They tried to effect an arrest. They made the stop. Um, she tried to uh, start biting them in the course of the um, arrest. She says she has AIDS. Um, she's trying to bite everyone, two or three people. Customers are around. The fight spills out to the confrontation because now you have a, a loss prevention agent not wanting to touch her. She spills out into the public. We have customers around. We get called in. Uh, when we show up, she's on the ground. There's uh, in the dirt, mind you, outside by a parking structure. Um, she is fighting. She's literally as if she was Miss Pac-Man doing the chomp, chomp, chomp. We come up. I have I hold down her feet. I got gloves on. Uh, there's four of us. So So imagine the optics of that. Four uh, full-grown men, and, you know, I used to eat a lot of uh, mall food back then, so it was a little heavier. Four full-grown men on a middle-aged woman, and you come up on that, you don't know what's going on. So, this is 12 years ago. No iPhone 11s, flip phones, razors, or whatever. Um, the cameras came out. Uh, and I had someone try to pull me off. Like, literally had a, a citizen try to pull me off. 
in my clear head moments now, especially in light of what's gone on this week, I understand it completely. Because what does that look like? Four fully grown men beating up a woman for no reason. Um, I could not explain in that moment that she was trying to bite everybody, claim she had AIDS, um, which I don't, I think in the end she had hep C, but no, not, not HIV or AIDS, whatever. Um, we all had to get uh, some testing done, all those kind of things. It was bad. It was bad. Um, it turned my heart a little bit. It turned my heart a little bit. I was so angry at the woman filming me. Put her camera, her flip phone in my face, started yelling at me that I didn't know what I was doing. I was untrained and I was an idiot and I was abusing my power. All the things you might hear. I was so angry at it. So angry. And I let it turn my heart for a long time. That... And again, I'm not justifying anything I might have done. I probably, if I got called today, the phone rang, Ken, get out here, I, I, and I probably have to do the same thing again. Okay? That's a different conversation, but that's what it was. But I'm not justifying any of it necessarily. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not definitely no longer angry at the woman filming me, or at least I try not to be. I have to understand what she saw, what she felt, and what she felt compelled to do in that moment. But the reason I'm explaining this, the reason I'm saying this, and, and again, some of you might just be listening casually. If you're still listening at this point, thank you. But to those who live that life and who are in that line of work or have been involved in those situations, we have to be honest if that's where the us against them mentality starts. It's our hearts grow hard. How do we turn us against them into us for them, us with them? But us for them seems to be what would be diametrically opposite of us against them. That's what's on my heart right now. And that's where some of the change needs to happen. This is why I go back to the George Floyd incident and murder and call, I choose now, to, I, I choose now, probably didn't call it last Monday or Tuesday, this, but I'll say murder because, in, and I've, I've been in those types of arrests. I've been in them. Not once, twice, 20, 30, 40, 50 times. I've been in them. At no time, and I've, I've heard those words, not necessarily directed at me specifically, but I've heard the words in arrests, I can't breathe, and I've heard all those things. At some point, you landed the plane, it's mission complete, you got the arrest, you got the detention. Yeah, you might not move him for medical reasons, you might not move them for legal reasons. Sometimes you move, they get more hurt, they sue. There's a lot of factors. I get it. I get it. That's one thing we were trained on and I trained my officers on. All right, if a bad arrest happens and it's violent, once they're in handcuffs, Try not to move them as best we can. We need the police and fire to get here. We need not move them. You move them, you might break something more. And I'm not talking to moving them aggressively. I'm just talking the act of standing them up might cause more or they might claim more, right? It's all about liability at that point. But at some point, that empathy that I talked about has to kick in. And it doesn't kick in. For me, for my money, 
I feel that empathy doesn't kick in because of the us against them mentality, which, by the way, is not necessarily spoken. It's not necessarily on the walls of police station. It's us against them, but it's felt. It's understood. And in some ways, it is the reality. Because right now, if you go on Twitter, oh, it's, it's definitely us against them. All this week, I was like, how do I maybe, do I have the ability to communicate to my friends in the entertainment business or my friends in life, even family members, people close to me, who've never been in the situations I've been or have never been in the situations my friends have been in, how do I communicate to them? Maybe I can get them to be more supportive of us. But today I woke up and I was like, it isn't that. It is on us. That is where I want to focus some of my energy. Us against them can, can, I hope will, become us for them on our side. And I hate using the term side because that really, boom, now you're putting up fences. Because to me, there shouldn't be fences. It's a wide open world of humanity. That's where the problems lie. You are seeing all around the nation uh, some incidents um, where some police officers and sheriff deputies and sworn personnel are putting down their arms or putting down their batons and marching. There is the one from, I believe, what's his name, Chris Swanson um, of uh, he's out there in the in, in Flint, but it's more the county because sheriff uh, sheriff's departments deal with the uh, county. Um, and he said, "Hey, what do you want us to do? Um, march with us? All those kind of things." Um, I'm trying to find. I'm scrolling through it, but it's it's um it's 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 compelling and it's interesting, and you're seeing a lot of those. Um, uh, here it is. Uh, finding some of it. Um, yeah, and it's great. We can play a little bit of it here. The only reason we're here is to make sure, sure. that you got a voice. That's it. Go. I'm sure a lot of you've seen it. Don't think for a second that he represents who these cops are from all over the county. And so, and it goes on and goes on, and you can find it. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna highlight again. I am playing some of these these clips, not to put these voices over those of the uh, the hurt, the oppressed, and the broken right now. I, I want that clear. I just think it's important for these to be heard by the people that need to hear it because you might look across and maybe you're feeling maybe you're in a briefing room. And this is the truth. This is the truth. You are in those briefing, brief, briefing rooms and you know who your weak links are. You know who the assholes are on your squad. I would know as a director of security who my super aggressive guys were. And sometimes I did stuff about it and sometimes I just didn't. Because my heart had hardened and I failed in those moments as a leader. So that's why I'm speaking to you. You might be in that briefing room today and go, I'm one against 10. 
there's a the clip of uh, I think it's a police sergeant in Atlanta who was saying one at a time, one at a time. That's important. That's valuable. And he's got wow. That's got a pers- quite a perspective. He has as a, as a black police officer in Atlanta. I mean, it's a powerful position to be in, and he's, he seems to have the right frame of mind. One at a time. Sometimes you might want to hurry it up. But I I think there has to be that kind of honest look at yourself. We know when you're in those briefing rooms, not all cops are bad. We do know. That's true. But even the good ones, I I know all of them. I know them. Good, good dudes, good ladies, family people. They're, They're more interested in getting to soccer practice with their kids this weekend than they are busting heads. But that's their job, three to four days of the week, maybe some ovies. Just want to promote, get a pension, get on out. But they let their hearts go hard too because it's so easy because us versus them sets in. For my money, for me, you do not have to agree with me. For me, that knee didn't come up because it was us versus them at that point. That's the primary reason. It said empathy. It said empathy. I am going to play in full this clip that's from the San Jose Police Department. It's their chief and a pastor um, come in, come in to speak. Now, it's produced. It's got some music underneath it. You could be very cynical and say, what a, what a good PR piece. And you know what it is because it's going to make in the rounds. Um, I've already seen people, some people in San Jose in the comments. Yeah, this is great, but I saw your officers do this and I saw the officers do that. All that is true. So I'm playing this right now, again, not to drown out the voices that need to be heard more right now, but again, to maybe broadcast this to those out there listening that might, for better or worse, be more affected by this. It'd be nice I say nice like it's a sweet little word. It would be a good thing if you could watch some of the clips out there on the front lines of, of these protests, out there from the, the mothers and the, and the fathers crying about this. Um, from just the news source, it, it, it would be great if that was all it took to affect you. And, and for many, it, many that is the case. All right? I'm in the, I'm, I'm there as well. But for whatever reason, we just have to be honest with ourselves. Sometimes you might hear these clips as, as, as produced as it is with an underscore of music, right? And as, as much as you might think it's a promotional tool, it's hollow. I, if you feel that right now, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not going to say anything against that. But I'm just seeing that uh, feeling not seeing feeling that this will reach those in those briefing rooms knowing that when you go out on the street that night or that shift you don't want to be the bad cop in Minnesota you don't want to be the ones who are brutal beyond any any 
necessary point. There's some brutality involved in this kind of stuff, all right? You know that and I know that. The outside world might not know that. We don't need them to right now. But you know in your heart where it goes wrong. You know in your heart where the us-against-them mentality clicks in. And if you want to disagree with me on it, uh, write me, and we'll talk. If you're in a patrol car right now, and you're like, no, 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 no. Write me. We'll talk. You know? I observed it. I was, I was never, I've never, I've been in a weird spot my whole, <laughs> whole existence, uh, particularly in LA. I moved here in 1998 and I got into the comedy world and the screenwriting world and, and stand-up comedy and all that. And that generally surrounds you with um, a certain type of people. Uh, I'm not going to say liberal versus conservative, but just a different type of uh, person. And, and I never fully felt at home with that. I understood I, I want to be human first. I want to be compassion first. Um, all those kind of things. Yeah, I like strong law enforcement. I like strong military, blah, 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 blah. All those kind of things you can talk about. Uh, like, I like making money, blah, blah, all those things. But I, So I never fully felt at home. But then I would go to work go to work and I put on my suit and tie and my handcuffs around my belt and go to work and I would find myself not fully fitting in with that world. Not just because it's big and testosterone filled um, and it is predominantly a, a male industry. Uh, unfortunately, uh, towards the end, when I was a security director for the first time in the history of, of our uh, security department, I had a, a female assistant director and had a staff of more female officers than male officers. Um, we needed to change the tone. Me and my regional director were like, we need to change the tone here. There were some things happening. There was there were some things happening that were our, our hearts had gotten hard. Some incidents where we're like, we got to change. We, we got that. And so therefore, because of that, for 17 years of that career, I felt like I wasn't fully in that world. And so that's where I'm, I'm trying to reach those people. Those who, again, are in the briefing rooms, are getting in, a, in an A car, and going out on calls, responding to radio calls, responding to calls for service, responding to calls for help, and you know that some of the other officers reported you to that incident or in maybe even in your car, and ACAR is, is two officers, at least in LAPD, a lot of different agencies have different uh, designations. And you know that person has got the potential to keep that knee down. And what do you do? One of my old bosses was a, 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 he was a lieutenant, for Wilshire, LAPD Wilshire Division. Uh, he did some undercover. He was a detective. He was a homicide detective. But for two years, he was an internal affairs investigator, which meant his job was to investigate uh, the other cops. And that was the weirdest part of his career. I'd hear some of the stories, and that was the part of his career that probably affected him the most in terms of how other people treated him within the department. It's us versus them, us against them. It sets in so quickly. 
So you might be feeling a little lost right now. You might be wanting. Maybe you want to. I, I, I bet there's some people out there listening who are like, you know what? I've always kind of wanted a, a law enforcement career, but I don't feel that's the way to go. Dangers aside, no one wants me in that job. And then if I get on that job, I'm not going to be surrounded by the type of people I feel are there for the same reasons I am. You might have to ask yourself which way you really want to go. I feel, though, you should push forward. I feel you should. But more on that. And um, I've already had uh, started a conversation with someone in that position. They reached out to me directly. If you are in that position, reach out to me directly because I have access also. I have access to the type of law enforcement officers you might want to be. And maybe they can help you. But it's not easy. And it's not easy because... I know, I know from experience, I know. Man, after that one particular incident, and there was a lot of incidents, but after that one particular incident, I just felt like, man, I'm trying to keep that lady safe from this other lady who wants to bite her and maybe give her AIDS. I don't know because I don't have time to investigate it in the moment. I just have to stop it. Why is she doing that? In that moment, I don't factor in her upbringing, her other experiences. This is the woman filming me now. I don't factor in her uh, personal experiences. I don't factor in what she believes she's seen, and I don't allow for that to happen. You know? I said up top, and I said uh, on later, you know, Friday's broadcast, let the angry be angry. She's angry in that moment, and I'm not giving her that benefit of the doubt of being angry. And then when, you know, she tries to pull me off, and puts a camera in my face. I, I didn't I didn't touch her. I didn't I didn't try to arrest her or anything like that. It wasn't I wasn't in that position. We were waiting for LAPD to show up, we're waiting for a fire department to show up. But I responded in kind with vitriolic anger. I was angry. So I let that incident because that was that was again a long time ago. Oh eight, oh nine, maybe. I don't know. Maybe two thousand ten. You know. Point is I had a long time in the industry after that. And I let that incident really harden my heart at times. And so you choose, you choose Luke Skywalker to bring in Star Wars, because I always will. Uh, you, you have the choice to be better. You have the choice to make a good choice. You have the choice to be better, and it's always going to go. This is why, not to spin this off into a <laughs> Star Wars conversation, this is why I love Luke Skywalker and The Last Jedi. Because old choices, old paths emerged again in his life and he started to take some of them and then found himself back where he started and felt like he failed in that regard. That happened to me a lot. And I feel more often than not, those on the job, quote on the job, their hearts are hardened not for any giant horrible nefarious reasons. Some are. Oh yeah, some are. But they have let themselves get hardened. When a good cop goes bad, it's, it's a bad thing. But what I think is worse is when a good cop goes neutral. 
because that allows the bad to grow. That is what I woke up, woke up with on my heart this morning. Because I had to be honest with myself. Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna defend. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm up uh, us against them within two clicks if I'm not careful. And it's real easy if you're online right now. This is why I am offline as best as I can be right now. People in my life will tell you I get my feathers get ruffled because again I go back to that moment. I go back to that moment, me trying to contain a woman, trying to cause harm, perhaps more to other people, and I'm being filmed and I'm being pulled off by a citizen. And I go back to that moment in my head, and sometimes I can't separate that. So I protect against that as well. But, but I have to be honest. I have to be honest and know the reasons there. That is part of this change. Uh, the people taking to the streets, not the people destroying Nordstrom's. Uh, not the people traveling 12 miles to a new city to take a TV. Uh, not a people, not a, not the people who just show up to incite violence. Yeah, at the police, we're going to shoot them, cause them to shoot us, and then the circle of violence and this and that. Yeah, 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 none of that. But the people who say, let's go to the streets. This is America, right? We, we didn't like what the uh, <laughs> English... Uh, government and royalty and country was doing to us, so we took to the streets. It's in our DNA, along with a lot of other things that we'll have to deal with. But that's in our DNA, so that should be protected. And I don't go. I don't go. I, out of safety, more than anything. You want to know the reason? I know how it's been out of control. I know how it goes. If if 500 people trying to buy a new pair of tennis shoes at 6 in the morning go violent with a snap of a finger, I'm not going to anymore in my life put myself in that position. It was scary. I'm not going to go out because I know it is a fire waiting to be lit. That is me. Some of you will go out. And you should. But all that is great. All that is great. And we hope it will lead to change. But I'm here to tell you, the change has to be all-encompassing. There has to be probably some listening on both sides and communication and all those nice things. That's not what we're going to get right now. And we shouldn't. But I really believe I have, a, 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 I have some experiences and perspective that I just wanted to barf up today into a microphone from my heart. To those like me, those who have been in those positions, those who will be in those positions again, when you have to say those words, uh, turn around, put your hands behind your back. Because 90% of that time, by the way, I mean, I'm being generous when I say 90%, but 90% of that time, turn around, put your hands behind your back, is not met with okay. So this is going to happen again. You're going to see more video, and it's going to be ugly. You're not going to understand it, and it's going to make you mad, but it's going to happen again. But to avoid that kind of excruciating, slow death that we all watched, to avoid that, we have to, on a certain side, 
on this side, on the badge side, whatever side you want to call that. We have to understand that we have let it become us against them. How do we turn it to us for them? And us for them, again, still means there's going to have to be some rough things done and there's some bad people out there and blah, 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 blah. Don't worry about that. What we have to worry about is not being afraid of empathy, not being afraid of what's showing a little bit of mercy even after the mission is done, after the mission is completed, what that means and how that can change a lot of things. If that officer or any of the other officers have said, hey, you're like five minutes in. Get up, switch out, let's do something different. We wouldn't be here. Now, we have years leading up to this, right? This wasn't like we all woke up from our perfect paradise and this happened and we got mad. That I understand. That's all it would take, but you know what? It happened and here we are. So uh, I am going to play this clip. Wow, I let myself go. I am going to play this clip. It affected me and it, and it spoke to me, but it, more importantly, it made me think, I'm reacting to this. Other people aren't. And you, a lot of you listening right now aren't going to be affected by this. You're going to maybe even roll your eyes. But there's going to be people who are affected by this that need to hear it. So I'm going to play it. It's five minutes, nine seconds, and we'll come back at the end of the show. Um, and again, I stress, I'm not playing this over the other voices that need to be heard, but I think this needs to be heard by certain voices. So here you go. You know, when we arrest criminals, when we arrest the evil of this city that exists, and I expect you to do that, okay, we don't treat them professionally because we think they're professional. We treat them professionally because we're professional. That's why. There is no excuse. We do it because we are professional, not because they're professional. Because our brand means something. I started, and I know we talk about this all the time, but I started in 1992. Anybody here just know what happened in 1992? Yes? Rodney King riots happened in 1992. I remember being on the pad at Evergreen with my academy class as the riot started. And I wish at that point that someone could have come in to talk to me to at least make sense of what was going on. Because the rest of my academy class had to figure that out on their own. So that's why we're here today. So I get home um, when this comes out, my uh, oldest son's home from college uh, and goes, Dad, did you, did you see that video? I know I hadn't seen it. You know, it looks pretty bad. So I sit and I watch it, and I watch it over and over again, trying to figure out and make sense of, of what I just saw. You know, it, it really doesn't matter to me with regards to what this individual did or what the coroner's report later on, what happened there was inexcusable. And to me, it's not about training. It's about what's in your heart. You can train, I can train, you can get trained amazingly. But if you have malice in your heart, it doesn't matter how you're trained. Knowing that if I was to stand up in different parts of the country and maybe not look like Pastor Reynolds, but just me, 
I don't always know how I'll be treated. It's, it's a reason why people fear African-American men. Because if I stand up here and I smile and I show you my pearly whites, man, it's all good. But the moment that I want to show you my anger because I'm pissed off and I'm raising two boys and they don't get the same ability to be forgiven for mistakes, it pisses me off. It hurts. The pain that sits in communities of color, African-Americans in, in, in particular, man, it is so amazingly deep. Man, we can make mistakes, but your mistakes are amplified. So know when you wear it, when you stand, when you go through all of this, it's for a reason. And man, we count on you. We believe in you. We call you when there's nothing else that we can do. You literally are the saving grace for so many. You are what we call an emergency. In many ways, this is why it's so uh, offensive because you're like the angels of the city. Everything going wrong, we don't know what else to do. Call 911. We know that these people, when they show up, things will change. Husbands will have to take care of wives or, or stop doing this. Violence has to come to an end. This is who we call. And so the offense when that group comes and does something. Our communities need us. And unfortunately, our communities of color oftentimes need us the most. This community needs you. I've said this many times. Uh, it doesn't matter what language I speak. Uh, well, I don't really speak Spanish and English, but it doesn't matter if I'm speaking Spanish or whatever community meeting I'm at. Doesn't matter language spoken, economic status, where in the city that I have ever heard anyone say they don't want more police in San Jose. Your community loves you. That doesn't happen everywhere. Yes, there's the naysayers, but your community supports you. I mean, you need to treat that so preciously because it doesn't happen everywhere. That support your community has for you in this city is precious. Treat it that way. This tarnished our badge and made your job harder. Made your job a lot harder. I was disgusted when I saw this. You have the ability to shine this badge back up again. All right, that was Chief Eddie Garcia of the San Jose Police Department and Pastor Jason Reynolds. And again, uh, I, I, I want to acknowledge some of you might might see that as a, a recruiting video and be cynical about it. So be it. Um, I believe every word said in there by the chief, and I uh, feel uh, and as best as I can understand, I cannot fully understand it, uh, the words of, of the pastor, Jason Reynolds, that spoke there. I, I, I watched it this morning, and it's just like, this is this might be where my heart my heart is more right now because I know, because I know. And it's not just about the arrests. Again, I'm speaking to those directly out there who have been in these situations, who respond to these calls or might want to. And this includes public safety personnel, non-sworn. I'm telling you, 17 years of, of, of this shit that I dealt with. 
It's not just about the arrests. It's not just about that. The, the us against them also sets in on routine calls. Uh, a missing child. A lost item. Domestic abuse calls. Abuse of any kind calls. I'll never forget. Um, one night we had, uh, I was walking around. I was just when I was in a suit and tie. And a lady comes out of Victoria's Secret, all right? She'd stolen, I don't know, 60 bucks worth of worth of uh, underwear. She was a, an older, taller uh, black woman. Um, and I, I think that uh, has some relevance to the story. Now, I didn't see her see her. She popped out. Uh, she must have seen my radio. I don't know. She started screaming. She started crying. She started saying, I've lost my son. I've lost my son. So I call it in. Uh, it seems to be a lady with a lost son. Uh, so what it turned out is, is she probably, she number one, was not all there. Two, she had stolen some stuff, had identified me as someone that might uh, be interested in the stuff that she stole. And kind of went that direction. It wasn't necessarily just play acting. In this particular case, she, she had something going on mentally. She's, and she's, she's kind of screaming. Um, I sent some of my uniformed uh, security officers over. I end up going back in this particular, and I wouldn't always do this. Sometimes I definitely want to stay with the call. I end up going back to our station because in our security office is this LAPD substation, and there was two officers sitting there on probably in a break, taking a, a code 27 as it is, 15 minute or a code 7 as a lunch, and they're probably in there. And Again, I get they were on a break, right? But this this woman went from screaming about a lost child, which we soon, very soon realized um, was a fake, was, was a diversion or a distraction, whatever you want to call it. We realized she'd stolen some stuff. Now, again, we don't necessarily, we're not worried about the underwear she's stolen from uh, insured Victoria's Secret, but something's going on. And she because of the presence of the uniforms now is more freaking out. So she goes out into the street, the public street and malls and retail locations. A lot of people don't understand it's sidewalk to sidewalk. So a lot of times we'll be like, Hey, you got to leave the mall because of your actions. People will go outside the parking structure and be like, I've left. And we'll be like, no, you're still on our property. But this woman went off our property and she's now in the street on a Friday night blocking traffic. Stopping cars, screaming, screaming for help, screaming for a lost child that doesn't exist, screaming that we're coming to get her. At this point, we're just watching her and we got her on camera. So I come back and I was uh, I was trying to find uh, the off-duty cop working that night who is actually like my best friend waiting for him. I think he had just started uh, the shift was like. 6 p.m. to 10, and, and he was just pulling into the parking lot. So I had gone back. I had called him. And he's one of the good ones, whatever that means. So anyways, this lady goes crazy, and we see her on camera. She stops a car in the middle of the street, Shirley Avenue in Northridge, opens up the car door and tries to yank out the 
person in there. Again, she's got something going on. This isn't just like criminal activity. This is like something snaps, something's going on. Usually at that point, we we were a pretty proactive security department. We would handle things above and beyond maybe what even our our company wanted us to do. Um, we, were, we, we prided ourselves on being very proactive. So we would call the police when appropriate. Um, but we would try to at least handle it as best we could. One of the reasons we do that, this is where I have to get honest with the situation, is a lot of times we would call and be like, hey, it's Northridge Fashion Center Security. We've got X, Y, and Z going on. And they'd be like, oh, God, stupid. All right. Blah, blah. And the officers, it was always a roll of dice, which officers showed up. The ones who believed in us for them or the ones who were us against them. And again, not every time we called was a great idea to call. You can break it down on those kind of levels. But in my substation, well, the city's substation, but in my office were these two officers. So as we call the front desk, or we're about to, I should say, we're about to, that's key to the story, I go to one of them. I don't even remember what the other guy was. He was sitting there at a newspaper up. And they don't, by the way, they don't necessarily know what's going on. They're not hearing our radio chatter. They're not watching our cameras. They're just on their break, which is allowed. But I go into one of them. I go, hey, man, you got a uh, female, uh, middle-aged uh, African-American female, out in the middle of the street right now, not on our property, um, watching on camera. She just tried to like get in the car. She's screaming. She was maybe took something from our Victoria's Secret. We don't know what's going on. And he looks right, right in my eyes and goes, well, then why don't you call 911? I just looked at him and said, okay. So we did. He and his partner never got up. They never ended their break. They never did it. They just sat in that substation. I go back up to the scene. My friend, the off-duty cop, who works at a different agency than LAPD, for what it's worth, he shows up. I say, hey, we got to get up there. We start getting up there. The woman goes now into a busy, busy, busy intersection on a Friday night in the San Fernando Valley. She's going to get hit. She's going to get killed. She's dressed, not only is her skin tone darker, she's dressed in black. It was hard to see her. She's upset. She's scared. These men with uniforms are coming for her. She knows she stole something. She's not all there. She's in the middle of this intersection. Cars are whizzing past her. So two of my officers go out to get her, which was violating company policy, but I said, do it. I was on the radio. I said, go get her. And they went and got her. One of those guys, I believe, is a deputy out in uh, a rural part of uh, Georgia or something like that. I can't remember. He's ex-military. So they go out and get her because what's she thinking? <laughs> she's thinking she's being arrested, understandably. Everyone watching in their cars thinks, we're about to arrest her. So she fights. And my guys, probably young, a little uh, at the time, you know, full of adrenaline, full of trying to help, but also, hey, she stole something. One of them, I, we had to kind of be like, eh, it's, we don't worry, we're not worried about the panties, buddy. It turned into a scuffle, and she fell. And her tooth went through her bottom lip, and she was bloody. And cars were whizzing around. And finally, me and my friend get up there. 
you pull her off to the side. A specialized unit that was led by a great sergeant. Um, I don't want to say his name, but he, he's still active LAPD. They used to ride around on bikes. This is why I always joke when, you know, bicycle cops are not the uh, jokes of uh, the divisions. They're actually usually very specialized units. That's why they're on the patrol bike, on the bicycles, not motorcycles, the bicycles. And there was a specialized unit. They Crime suppression, whatever it was called, doesn't matter. They show up. And this was a very proactive us for them sergeant. They came in, they handled the incident and everything. And, and I explained to what happened. And he, I just went back to that officer who looked me in the eyes in a taunting tone and just said, well, call 911. That was us against them. And in that moment, I was the them. And that, that should upset me more than uh, the lady trying to pull me off because she doesn't know what she's seen. That should upset me more, and it does. But it, it, it needs to maybe upset me even more now. That's where I see the problem. Well, one of the problems. There's a lot. There's a lot of layers. But that's where I'm focused on because that's what I know. It's a routine part of the job. I dealt with lost children, right? And we know in 17 years of being on that job, not one child was abducted. Not one. Every lost child reported to us by a screaming, crying parent, often that had turned their back and not done their due diligence as a parent, or sometimes because it's hard, they just lost track of their kid and the kid wandered off. It's not the parent's fault in every case. We would get that nightly, daily, 10, 15 times on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Not once in 17 years was a kid ever lost, not found, abducted. But in every incident, the parent didn't know that. The parent can't know that. The parent doesn't need to know that. All they know is their child's missing. So how me and my staff responded to that is part of this thing I'm talking about. Because some days I failed. Some days I was like, yeah, 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 we'll find them. Shut up. And other days I did everything I could to reassure them. Everything I could to let them know that we're here for them. That it's us for them. And every time we'd find them. That is an example of how your heart can go hard on that job or on the job, the sworn job. How do you respond to the next incident? Knowing full well the last three went a certain way. Um, I don't know if this is completely relevant, but here's the, here's the thing. And this, this, this has to do with um, sexual assault and rape and things like domestic violence. There's a yeah, yeah, yeah approach to it that I can't change and it upsets me and there's people in my life, uh, past and present, who have dealt with this, dealt with the uh, us against them kind of mentality and policing and they're the ones being abused or they're the ones reporting abuse or they're the ones trying to get out of it. Um, when I became security director, officially uh, promoted to the top top spot, this was... 2013, I think, maybe. Um, the first month and then into the first four months, 
there were four reported rapes on my property. And that's a designation, not sexual assaults, not sexual batteries, rapes. Um, in every incident, I'm going to, everyone, choose my words carefully. In every incident, in all those four particular ones, and there's been others, there were others after and there was others before, but in those four, in that period of time where I was finally at the top position at that department of my company, every, every one of those four was uh, discovered to be um, not true. Um, in a row, these four. One led to the arrest of someone that was completely just standing by a car going to work, and it, it was bad. So in every incident, because they happened in a row, not week, like one was June 1st or 8th, one was June 20th, and then one was in July, and one was in August, right? When the first incident happened and, and we call police and get involved, we help with the investigations and hand over all the tape and blah, blah, it was discovered, hey, it was, it was fake. It was, it was false. No truth at all. It was done this. The, her boyfriend caught her cheating and da, da, da. Okay. The second incident, when a woman would walk in, or did in this case walk in and report this alleged rape, we couldn't respond to that one based off what we had learned from the last one. We had to treat that one for what it was, for who she was in that moment. She couldn't walk into her office crying, shaking as they all were and saying, Hey, I just was, uh, I was just uh, raped. And there's this guy. We, we couldn't be like, yeah, well, someone did that last week and it was fake. We couldn't. That would be inhumane, right? That would be a violation of some sort of human code, not public safety or law enforcement code. That, that, that would be bad, right? And so we didn't, we handled it as if it was it was, uh, as what it was being reported, as what she was in that moment to us, and that one was investigated to be completely fake. And then the third one comes in. We cannot handle that one, like, with the knowledge of the previous two. Yeah, again, no. So, in the process of arresting someone, or in the process of dealing with the public, the process of dealing someone who might be similarly looking or appearing or acting as someone you dealt with last week, last month, or an hour before. And that one went bad, and that person did that, and you had to get, it got violent. You have to look at the next one as what it is, a human being in front of you. You can't let your heart go hard. And I think that's where I'll wrap it up today. If you listen this far, uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, please go back to the top and maybe donate to some spots if you so choose. Uh, if you're out there on the streets, be safe. If you're protesting, carrying signs, and do wear a mask, all right? We still got a pandemic. Um, if you're angry, be angry. If you're frustrated, be frustrated. If you have questions or anything, uh, just want to vent, 
and reach out to me. If if you are not part of my Patreon page or uh, my Discord server, which is connected to my Patreon page, you, you just go to my website. There is a business email I have if, if you feel the need. Uh, I don't know if that has any value. I don't know if that has any value. Um, but everywhere around us, people are feeling things. People are, are feeling the burn, feeling the fires, feeling frustration, anger, pain, suffering, fear, confusion. Because there's a lot of people out there. Um, and I've heard, you know, there's a lot of people of color going through this stuff and everything, but this is right now, this is, this is, this is focused on um, um, African-American problems. Black Lives Matter. That's what this is focused on, right? So there's a lot out there, a lot of you out there frustrated, pain, and, and confused because you don't want to have to go to the streets. You don't want to have to see your community burned down. You don't want to be angry. You don't want to be afraid. And you're not sure what's next. I want everyone else around, everyone else on Twitter, everyone else getting frustrated. That's my gap. They're burning it. I want you to go to that. No one wants that right now. And if you like me, you've been in those situations. If it's your job, you're a sworn police officer right now. Look in your heart. Look at the situation. It's a matter of heart. It's a matter of empathy. If you're tired of some officer taking an action that you know you wouldn't do or you know you wouldn't agree with, it's not just about that action. It's not just about that moment because you know and I know the arrests will continue. Crime will continue to happen. You can't can't turn away from that. So how do you act going forward? How do you change those around you, those in the car with you? And how do you focus on turning that us against them into us for them? And then maybe it's all just us. That'd be nice. Let's start there. Thank you for listening to the Napsock Files. Hey, we're going to have some fun and games and comedy and all those cool things that um, I love putting out there. That'll come later. Um, I think I'm done talking about this for a little bit, and maybe Wednesday we'll, we'll get back to Saturday Night Napsock, but I don't know. I didn't think I'd be doing this one here today, but I woke up with my heart, and I don't have the answers. I do not. Listen up. I don't have the answers. I just know this morning I woke up frustrated and not understanding all of it. Not understanding some of the, where some of the outrage is being directed at, but then also looking at some of the things the outrage is being directed at and being like, ah, that's not right. So that's where I'm at. All right? Much love to y'all. See you soon.